20 years new hope. Where in the world did they go? And the truth is, I don't really know. The time has flown by, but here is what I do know. God has been so very kind to us over the last 20 years. All of the salvations, all of the baptisms, all of the dedications, all of the discipleship, all of those people getting involved and serving in ministry and missions trips, God has been so kind. And today, you're going to hear from some saints of New Hope, and that is exactly what they are doing. They are praising the Lord for what He has so graciously done in and through this ministry that we so love. So sit back and enjoy. God is in the restoring business. In fact, Psalm 23.3 says that He restores my soul. And today you're going to hear from those who have experienced that. And I hope and pray that by the time we end today, you will join them and you will join me in praising the Lord. So my name is Ryan Peden. Uh, I have been a regular attendee of New Hope Church since 2002 when uh, the church was at the East Chapel Hill High School. When they put out a call for the tech booth, uh, I was all over that. And I can remember country would come and knock on the door and ask for refreshments, and we would always give it to them. So that's one of my favorite memories. I'm looking forward to seeing how God uses this church to advance the kingdom, seeing more people come to Christ. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what it's all about for you. Hello, we are the D-Berries. This is my wife, Tanae, and I'm Grant. We have been involved in New Hope for, I think, about 15, 16 years. Has it been that long? It really has. Okay, mm -hmm. well, I want to say New Hope has impacted our lives by increasing our desire to learn, yeah. increasing our desire to pray, yeah. stay in God's Word. Yeah. And our son, the impact that has made on him, that he wants to get up five o'clock on Sunday morning to come and be here to serve. That is the, is the big payoff to see our son want to do that. Katie and I've been at New Hope for over a year now. So I found New Hope actually online and when life groups started to open for the young adults I knew I wanted somewhere that was going to have a great young adult program and that's where I just immediately got involved with that life group. I actually even got baptized at one of the young adults where I grew up in a Christian home and I accepted Jesus at a young age but I just never had that real calling, or I kept putting it off saying, oh, I want my parents to be here. But that night, I just felt a calling of, no, those are excuses, and just go and do it. What's really amazing about it is, as I went out to sign up, my mom had actually called to FaceTime me. And so she got to see it. I'm Bruce Hollis, my wife Kelly Hollis. Uh, We've been at the church somewhere between 13 and 14 years. 
once we were here for a little while, we wanted to get involved. So uh, I started out actually greeting at the door with uh, my son, Matthew. Uh, then I worked uh, for a while in facilities, uh, then moved into helping stage prep, uh, eventually moving into missions work here, just taking opportunities as they came up. Yeah, same with me. I, missions is really where I landed because uh, my older son had gone on a on a missions trip to Haiti, and he absolutely loved it. And we ended up getting involved because of him, and uh, it was a game changer. It was a life changer. There has been so much division in our country, whether it's vaccinated, not vaccinated, black, white, Democrat, Republican. And I think the church is the place for, for unity, and New Hope has certainly always been that for us. And I, I really hope that we can be a bridge to all the division that's going on in this country. I hope New Hope can be a part of that. Amen. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're Cara and Kimba Mason. We've been attending New Hope for three years now. We just decided to come here on a Sunday morning and I was floored. And here's the reason why Pastor Benji was preaching a sermon on anger. And I mean, I was like, balling and I was like oh my gosh I've got to come back and hear the next uh, series on this you know and we've been coming ever since you know it was like a drug I was hooked one of my my favorite memories is when we were able to sit on the panel in regards to um, our african-american community and oh, really yeah. speak on um, what was going on in America what is going on in America and tackling again which I love a tough topic. To have Pastor Benji create this panel, we allowed to sit on this panel and just to talk about these issues was so amazing to me. My name is Brianna Murphy. Um, I usually go by Bree, but I have been involved at New Hope since October 2020. My favorite thing are the people that work here. Um, they're inviting, they're welcoming, they're not judgmental. It just, honestly, it feels like a family. And when I'm not here, I like really miss it. And I know that the people like me because they ask where I've been when I haven't been here. Um, this is kind of hard sometimes, but I came consistently back and got involved in October 2020 because of an alcohol problem. 2019 was my first year sober from alcohol. Um, things were going great. I was constantly at home by myself. Um, trying to teach online to kids at home was very difficult. And so the drinking became more and more and it actually turned out to be the worst year of drinking in my life. And I kind of hit rock bottom. And that was just a time in my life where I was gonna lose my family. I was gonna possibly lose a job. Um, and my life was more important than the alcohol. This sobriety was difficult at the time, and so church is kind of what was my go-to. It's been a place of hope for me because of serving and being here on those days that this ministry has changed my life. Come on, church. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Our God has been so kind to us for 20 years. But here's what's crazy when you stop and imagine it. From an eternal perspective, from God's view, we are just getting started. 
And the theme that we're gonna be hitting on over and over and over again in the year ahead is One Matters. You see, we've all known that One Matters when you're talking about salvation. But have you ever thought about this? One leader matters when she or he stands up and lives their life on purpose for Christ. One servant matters. One person who wanders in and they've been isolated and they find authentic community, one matters. And the truth is there are thousands, might I dare say hundreds of thousands of ones still out there for us to reach, teach, and release. So as we beg God, as we lean in and ask him to take this church and grow it out of the ashes of 2020 and 2021, you can call me crazy if you want, but I still believe, not based on who I am or based on who you are or based on New Hope Church, but based on who Jesus is and the fact that it is his church, I still believe the best is yet to come. I gotta tell you, I love the enthusiasm of this, this particular crowd here. The, fir the, the first service, nobody clapped during the video. You clapped throughout the entire video. It's pretty cool. <laughs> you guys got it going on. <sighs> Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to see so many of you that uh, this is your first Sunday back from the hellacious couple of years we've experienced as a human race. And I hope you'll come back next Sunday. I hope you'll let this be the start of it. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what I was gonna feel in this moment, but I do feel this overwhelming sense of gratitude. Um, gratitude for two, two things. Or, or one is, is to God. I just wanna make sure on the front end that, that I just praise our God. He's been so good to us. It, 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 yeah, it, I mean, we, we sang that song on the front end, right? He's never lost a battle. Here he, here he took a, an 18-year-old hell-bound prodigal son, saved him, redeemed him, gave me a purpose, gave me meaning, and, and has forgiven me over and over when I do stupid boneheaded stuff. and. And he's just covered us. And I just want to make sure we put the, the emphasis and the praise where it belongs. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, um, I'm grateful for you. Like, I didn't sleep last night. I've been a little amped up and emotional. And I'm sorry if I go there right now. But like, you... You are one of the most faithful, beautiful churches I've ever encountered. And I, and I know you might say, well, that you're biased, dude. You started the church. No, no, listen, I, I, I've spoken all over and I visit churches all the time and I've, I've seen churches all over this planet. New Hope Church is one of the most beautiful, faithful, encouraging, non-judgmental, diverse churches on the planet. And... And you tell me all the time, and I'm so grateful, you're so encouraging to me, you tell me all the time that, that I bless you as, as serving as your pastor, and I hope I do, but I, wanna, I just wanna turn the tables on that for a moment. And I want you to know that you bless me. 
you have been, in the last couple years anyway, the church that I needed as much as anybody in this room. You've encouraged me. You've, you've challenged me. You've lifted me up. You've blessed me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for staying here. Thank you for returning here. I say it all the time, but I love you from the bottom of my heart, and I'm just so, so grateful for you. So I don't have much time um, because you guys are wanting chicken and waffles <laughs> and lemonade and cupcakes and it's incredible. Let me tell you, it's incredible. You, you, want, you want to hang around after this. But I'm going to move quick today and this is probably going to be a little shorter of a message, but let me, just, let me just share a few things with you that are on my heart today. We wanted to change it up today and have that powerful video. Can we just honor and thank those folks that were in that video and our productions team? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, so 22 years ago, I'm, I'm in Kentucky and I'm studying to, to start New Hope Church. I'm preparing to, to start this thing. And one of the decisions that I wrestled with more than any other decision, and you, this might surprise you, but I, I labored over this decision. It was grueling to me. And I don't mean just for a day or two. I mean like for months and months, I wrestled with what am I going to name the church? Because you only get a first chance to, you only get one chance to make a first impression, and I believe that's true with the church. And the name of a church matters a lot. And so I wrestled with it big time. And then one day I'm, I'm studying the scriptures and I come across Romans 15, 13. And uh, why don't we read it out loud together? You'd love to read scripture with me around here. Go. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with by the power of the Holy Spirit. Check it out. When, when I read that, the Holy Spirit smacked me upside the head with a spiritual two by four, and I knew that's what I needed to name a church. God is saying to us in that verse that his, his desire is so strong for his crowning creation, the human race, to experience hope that in that one verse, it's listed twice. And I knew I would walk out of there and and named the church New Hope. And I thought today on our 20th birthday, I thought we might just celebrate all the things that God has done here. Again, just trying to put the emphasis where it belongs and it's on God. So I asked some of the staff, I said, I just go gather all the intel you can. And they scoured the database and historical records and they sent me a document. I didn't know what I was asking for. It was like six pages long. Um, and I surely can't share all that with you today. But I, wanna just, I just wanna share some things with you so we can celebrate and praise the Lord today for 20 years of New Hope. We launched this thing back in um, 2002, check it out, uh, plant, church plant, core group, five people, July 4th, that was not a worship service, that was a 4th of July parade on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill where we walked down the street with coolers full of water and just giving people bottles of water that had a label on it that said, a new kind of church, come join us with the website. Launched it in East Chapel Hill High School, January 27th, 2002. Three locations before opening at the Durham campus, East Chapel Hill High School, Gimgul, and that butt-ugly strip mall church <laughs> on Garrett Road. Can you say butt-ugly in church? I think so. I did not like that location, but 
as God often does. It doesn't matter whether we like it or not. He used it tremendously. So those three locations, we went multi-site in 2010 for a really strong 10-year run. Wouldn't trade it for the world. It was awesome. Love that model. In 20 years, we've experienced 16,860 salvations. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That blew my mind. And, and that's, that's only the ones we know about, right? That's only the ones who filled out a card or lifted a hand, all right? We have witnessed 4,013 believers' baptisms. Praise his holy name. We currently have 4,857 New Hope members. Members are incredible in this church. And if you wanna join this church, the way you do that now is you go through Rooted. You hear about that all the time. Next one. We have seen 39,095 first-time guest visitors to New Hope Church. That, that blew my mind. And, and again, that's just the ones we know about. So if you're a first-time guest or you're watching us online for the first time, come on, church, let them know how we feel. Praise God for you. We're welcome here. Welcome to the family of God. All right, let's continue. Oh, this rocked my world this week. This blew my mind. In 20 years, you and me, we have given 85,075,261 to advance the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Here it is. 25,000 meals prepared for Rise Against Hunger. Come on, 16 homes repaired or built with Habitat for Humanity or a brush with kindness. Thousands of kids receiving Christmas through New Hope. Thousands of turkeys. Families enjoy Thanksgiving meal together. A thousand plus kids sponsored through Compassion International that you help us sponsor kids. 100s of similar things of these, but this LED wall and time will not allow me to continue. Praise his name, church. He has been so good to us. Studies show that when the gospel of Jesus Christ impacts a person, hope is born. Studies show that if we have it, that is hope, it can carry us through the challenges and turmoil of life. We know what that's been like the last few years. But check this out. When we don't have it, we can drown in despair. There's nothing darker and depressing than hopelessness. For many of us, it's a familiar story, maybe one you've experienced. Once people come to believe, for whatever reason, that life is no longer worth living, that belief tends to become self-fulfilling. Keen observers of the human condition have long noted this phenomenon of the power of hope. Ian Weistein of Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, cardiologist, was asked by NBC News, can a person die from a broken heart? And this prestigious professor said emphatically, absolutely, a person can die from a broken heart. There's nothing darker in their human spirit, again, than hopelessness. Conversely so, though, church, come on, there's nothing brighter and more life-giving than to experience true hope, which is why what we do together as a church is so very important. 
Researchers in Denmark, Sweden, and the United States have shown that in the years immediately following a child's death, mothers, Mother's Day, mothers face a much higher risk of dying themselves. Fascinating. <laughs> I don't know why, guys. I didn't include us men. Just saying. Those researchers also found that a patient's risk of death from a heart attack or a diagnosis of cancer immediately increases the likelihood that that person will die of a heart attack or a stroke. And there's a corresponding connection between the severity of the prognosis of cancer and the likelihood that a person will die prematurely. In other words, life becomes hopeless and when it becomes hopeless for people in the human spirit, the body and the spirit and the soul figuratively and literally start to die. But come on, somebody. When that same human spirit and body gets an injection of hope in their veins and they experience the blood-bought life of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, hope is born. Now, I don't have to tell you, here's what's interesting about that. I don't have to tell you that, that those two extremes are what we've been experiencing for the last couple of years. In fact, I'd actually put it like this. For the last couple of years, we've been primarily experiencing despair and depression and a lot of hopelessness in this world. But I'm so thankful that now, and I mean now, finally, in 2022, we are starting to see the light of the gospel come through the dark cracks and crevices of hopelessness, and we are seeing God bring new life to his church again. That's a good place to celebrate. And, and it reminds me of that verse, Isaiah 43, 19. Maybe you remember it. It's a great verse. Let me, let's read it out loud together. Isaiah 43, 19, go. See. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Let everybody say, praise the Lord. He is doing a new thing. So let's just, let's just talk about vision for a moment. Vision is a preferred picture of the future that serves as a catalyst to move a group of people toward a unified and strategic direction. Now, the interesting thing about vision is it has to pivot and it has to stay true to the context in which we find ourselves. So the mission of this church has not changed and shall not change. It's what, church? Three words. Reach, teach, release. One more time. Reach, teach, release. But underneath that banner... We have sensed God calling us to a unique vision for this particular season. And it's contained in two words. And you've seen it on people's shirts. You've seen it on graphics around here. The two words are very simply put, one matters. Everybody say that, one matters. One more time, one matters. If you go to Luke chapter 15, which you don't have to, I'm just gonna just touch on it because you know the, the chapter. In Luke chapter 15, what we've often referred to as the gospel within the gospel, Jesus tells three parables. There's a lost sheep, there's a lost coin, and there's a lost son. So the shepherd has 100 sheep and one gets lost. <laughs> what would you do? I'd be like, hasta la vista, little sheepy. 
<laughs> like for real, it's just one, dude. Uh, <laughs> Jesus tells a parable and the shepherd leaves the 99 to go find the one. And then there's this woman, the second parable. She loses a coin, just one coin. What would you do? I'd be like, forget the coin, man. Let the vacuum cleaner get it later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she turns the house upside down. Starts devouring everything. Just she, she is, she's gonna find that coin. And then the last one we all know so well is the parable of the prodigal son. And the, the younger boy goes off into the far country and wastes his father's inheritance in wild living. The older son, the religious one, gets mad and judges the father because when the younger son comes back, the father says, hey, it is time to partay. Put a robe on him, a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, kill the fattened calf, we're gonna party. And at the end of all three of those parables, the Bible basically says this, for this one was lost and is now found. And because he's lost and he's found, it deserves a celebration. One matters. And as I said in the video, so I won't say much about it now, we've always talked about it in terms of salvation, right? Can we just praise the Lord that two weeks ago, Easter Sunday morning, 130 people gave their lives to Christ. 130 people. Unbelievable. 30 people got baptized. Now, we know one matters when those kinds of things happen. You've heard me say it over and over. Behind every number is a name, and a name represents a face and a soul for which Jesus Christ lived, bled, died, and rose again. And one matters. But one matters for us during this season is much bigger than that. One, one leader matters when she or he steps up and says, I, I want to lead in this church. One matters when a believer who's suicidal wanders onto this campus or they're watching online and they already know Christ, their eternity is secure, but they need community and they need brothers and sisters in Christ. One matters. One matters when a person moves off of stinginess and starts tithing to honor God as a way of saying, God, I understand you own it all. The least I can do is honor you with the biblical tithe. That one matters. One person who serves in NH Kids and, and changes diapers for our children while we worship together, that person matters. I could keep going. One matters. And it's this theme that we're going to camp out on. And because one matters, don't miss this. Don't miss this. You matter. You matter to God. And it's really important that we understand that. And the reason this is kind of our theme for this season is because we've been listening to you. You remember the cards that we strung up on Easter that we filled out and we strung up on those, those yarns? That was powerful around the baptistry. Well, here's some cards that come from the last rooted group. And I, I mean, again, I, I can't read all these, but I'll, I'll, I'll read a few. That one's too long to read. <laughs> 10 weeks ago, <laughs> I was a person standing alone in a brand new place, not knowing a soul. Can you relate? I love the church, but I felt like I was visiting a church out of town each Sunday. I knew God, but I didn't have anyone or anyone to fellowship with until I started this group. 10 weeks ago, that's what one side of the card says, and you turn it over, and it says today. We ask people to fill this out at the end of Rooted. This person says, today, I feel at home. Today, I feel relaxed. Today, I feel like I belong. I'm a part of the family of God. One matters. 
This person says, today, I was discour- 10 weeks ago, I was discouraged, I was afraid, I was searching for acceptance and God and a place to call home. I wanted and needed a church family, was going through my Red Sea. I guess they were refer- referring to that series I did called the Red Sea Rules. Turn it over. This person says, today, I feel hopeful and I'm grounded. I feel encouraged and energized. I feel connected to a great body of people. I feel full of God's word and faith. I am blessed. I have purpose and a sense of direction in my life. I love New Hope Church. One matters. 10 weeks ago, I was very unconfident and lonely. I did not feel confident as a Christian because I only started going to church on December 18th, 2022. This is a new church attender. I barely knew anything about God's word. I felt lonely because I never opened up to anyone, not even my family. I felt like no one really knew me and I had no real community. Today, (laughs) I tithed for the first time. I'm so thrilled that I took the leap of faith to join Rooted. This experience has given me confidence to follow God's plan and hear and read God's word. One matters. Let Let me just give you two more. 10 weeks ago, oh, this person's, a person of very few words. 10 weeks ago, I felt lonely. Today, I feel like I have a family and I have friends in Christ. Last one, let's do, let's do seven. Seven is the full number of completion, right? In the Bible, we'll do seven. Here's the last one. 10 weeks ago, I was lost and depressed. I felt like God was punishing me for letting him down. Can you relate? I was shy. I felt unwanted, I felt unworthy, and I deserved everything that was happening to me, and I was using other methods to feel love. Turn it over. Today, I feel like I'm the happiest girl alive. I know God has a purpose for me and was not punishing me, but calling me back to him. I know I I am loved no matter what, and that God's word is in me. I finally understood God leaving the 99 to find the one. This is our theme because right now, are you listening? Right now, we are the loneliest and most isolated generation ever in the history of humanity. And here's what I've been learning. Church isn't a building you walk into, but it is a family in which you belong. And that's what we're leaning into these Days, hear me, church. Most of the seven billion people on the planet have gotten success all wrong. And we've all fallen into this. Success is not more stuff, it's not more work, it's not more campuses, it's not more money, it's not more houses, not more sex, more flings, more drinks, more drugs, more medication. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Success is waking up in the morning. Success is waking up in the morning in a good mood, living a great day, being connected with people you love and they love you, putting your head down on the pillow at night content because your soul is alive and doing well with and for God and God's people. That is what success is. And some of us are here today. Listen, this has been my journey the last couple of years. Some of you know, man, I went through some hard times. And some of us have 
have come back to the realization that God was right all along, right? Why did we ever doubt him? Some things never change. Many things do change, but some things never change. And what doesn't change is that there is no life like the life in Christ and connected with God's community. And so if you're online somewhere and you're watching this, listen, if you're out of state, and I know people all over the world watch this every Sunday, we love you, we praise God, we consider you a part of this church family. But if you live within driving distance of New Hope Church, I will never, ever, ever stop challenging you to come and be with the body of Christ, flesh and blood laughter and tears. It's when we're together that we grow as Christians and we're isolated. We're lonely and we desperately need this. I'm a big Brene Brown fan. If, 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 if you haven't read much Brene Brown, love my sister over here. She is incredible. She she is a professor at the University of Houston. Uh, she, one of her TED Talks went viral, one of the most popular TED Talks of all time. Uh, I loved her book, Daring to be Strong. Um, I loved her book, Rising Again. Right now, I'm listening to her book, Atlas of the Heart. I really recommend it. And just this week, I'm riding down the road, and I'm listening to her on Audible, and this quote almost made me pull over. Tell me this is not true. She said, we wake up in the morning, and the first thought is, I didn't get enough sleep. <laughs> Then we go all day long and we put our heads down on our pillow at night and our last thought is, I didn't get enough done. That just struck a deep nerve. What is wrong with us? Jesus knew what is wrong with us. That's why he, he set this, this thing up, this movement of people whereby, whereby we put our differences aside, whereby we, we, we love one another deeply, whereby it doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on. It doesn't matter what school you went to or if you didn't go to school. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic level. It only matters that you are a child of God and you matter to God and therefore you matter to me. And there's, there's no life, there's no life like the life in God's church where we're doing life together. And I just want to tell you what I believe. Listen, I believe God has used 2020 and 2021 to prune his church, which is why I'm so glad every time some of you come back for the first time. And, and, and I talk to pastors all over the country, friends of mine, and they say the same thing is true in their churches as this church. The cool thing about today is the people who are in the church, they want to be in the church. Like you want to be, could you feel that earlier when we were worshiping? There's a, there's a spiritual intensity in the church that we didn't have back before COVID. We had it to some extent, but, but there's been a pruning going on, a shaking going on in this world. And the power of that is that we can now be a church. We can get some things right. And, and the thing we need to get right is there is no person who is an island unto himself or herself. We all need one another. Listen, I'm not ashamed to say it. I need you. I need the group of guys that I do life with. I need my staff. I need you. And you need us. 
which is why I will continue to embrace and challenge us to, to do life together. So I'm going to wrap up today with just one point of application. And to do that, I want to show you, this is really big news. We're going to camp out on this more next Sunday, but this is really big news. Today, we are launching a brand new website. Some folks have put countless hours into that. And I'm going to show it to you on the screen here. Um, in fact, they tell me, they tell me that we can all get online at the same time and we have enough bandwidth here at the church. Y'all believe them? No? Ye of little faith. What's wrong with you? I believe them. These, these, these uh, technicians are freaking awesome at this church. Uh, let's try it. Let's try it, okay? Pull out your phone. Let's, let's put it to test. Pull out your phone. You might be right. I don't know. All right? Uh, visit it at uh, newhopechurch.org. They just had it out there. They'll throw it back up there. Newhopechurch.org. Very simple. Newhopechurch.org. And this will help you because some of you will be able to see it better on your phones. All right, now you're all logging on. I'm gonna try to log on. Let's see how long this takes. Ooh, that's fast. It's already there. They'll throw it up there in just a moment. <clears throat> there it is. Now, what's really, really important gives me a chance to announce this. Look at what's at the top of the homepage. That's a vision report, 2022. We put a lot of work and effort into this vision report. We give you one every single year. So go check out this vision report later. Let's just tap on it real quick and check it out. Oh, it's working pretty fast too. Um, there's a video from me at the top. Check that out. And then if you just scroll down, there's, there's a little letter, but then you'll see that we've got three different parts of this vision report. And those of you who are online, um, I'm sure you can be a part of this with us as well. Look at those numbers under the children's ministry. Look at this, 689% student growth. Are you kidding me? Praise God for our student ministry staff. Chris's story, we've got some stories scattered throughout. Then you get to teach. Look at this, 518 students' lives changed through groups. Then you get to Robin's story. You scroll on down, then you get to release. Look at, look at what we have done. This is all in the last year. Look at what we have done to advance the kingdom of God through release. And you got another story there. At the very bottom, you have a financial summary and a ministry distribution to show you how and where we're spending the money at this church. Now, let me go back up. I wanna show you one thing and then we're gonna, we're gonna go have some chicken and waffles. Praise God. Um, go, if you go back to the homepage, this is, this, is, this is the point of application for you. Next steps. There's nine tiles for you to click on and be a part of this church. You can pick, pick one that you want. I guess you pull the give one out. I'm not talking about giving right now, though that's important. I'm talking about a place for you to get connected where you can, you can get baptized or you can get into groups and courses or you can serve or you can be a part of these camps that we're having this summer for children and students. Here's, here's the one simple point of application today. Get connected to a New Hope tribe where you and everyone around you matters. Church was never meant to be a consumeristic experience where you just show up on Sundays and it's just you and God and you get your little fix and then you, then you go away for the week. Now, if you do that, hey, we're glad you're, we, we wanna be a place where people can come and kick the tires and check it out and 
all that kind of stuff. But there comes a point, does it there not? When every believer has to decide, am I gonna try to live this thing in isolation or am I gonna get involved in community? Let me ask you a question. What do you see when you look ahead for your life and the life of New Hope Church? You're like, dude, I'm just trying to get the bills paid and get the kids to school. I know, I know. Which is why moments like this are really, really critical. What do, you, what do you see when you look ahead to the future of your life and the life of New Hope Church? And can you, for just a moment, catch a glimpse of those two intersecting the way God designed us, whereby you find your tribe, you find your people? That sounds nice, Josh. That's beautiful. Where you you find your people and you do life with them. Here's a word that I just want you to walk away with today. I hope when you look at your life and the future of your life in New Hope Church, I hope you'll start to see it as a divine appointment in destiny. Everybody say destiny. Destiny. That, that you would believe and that I would, I believe is why I'm still here. If I didn't believe this, I wouldn't still be here. Like that you believe that God's called me to that place, to those people, to that mission. And I'm going to be known to them. I'm going to be needed and known and I'm going to do life with people. Can you start to see maybe Esther 4.14 be your reality? Let's read it out loud, church. Let's read it really, really strong. Go. Maybe in the scheme of God, you, we were appointed to live for such a time as this. That's called destiny. Powerful concept when a person starts to, to latch into that. Think about Moses. Let me just preach for a moment. Can I preach for a moment? Is that good with you? I'm reminded of Moses when he stood before Almighty God and beheld the burning bush, remember? And yet it did not burn or deteriorate. The word of the Lord said, take off your sandals, Moses, for the place where you are standing is what, church? But check this out. Before Moses could leverage leadership or even speak a syllable, his life was being providentially prepared for such a time as this. That's called destiny. Come on, think about Isaiah. In the presence of God and in a moment of destiny, everything in Isaiah's life was forever changed. Remember when he said this? Heck, you read that one so well. Read this out loud with me. I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And I heard the Lord say, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Oh. It was, it was a moment of destiny. But check this out. Before Isaiah became the prophet who used the river as his sanctuary, a stump as his pulpit, and the stars as his chandelier, God was orchestrating a divine date with him. It was destiny. One more. Remember Peter? <laughs> oh, Peter. Peter. Peter like arrived on every scene like a thud, you know? I don't know. Like, I feel like Peter sometimes, man. I just, 
Remember, Peter, Peter betrayed Jesus, remember? Three times, Peter. And Jesus finds him by the Sea of Galilee. He says, let's have some sushi together. <laughs> he, he didn't really say that, but he told him how to call, catch fish, and then he had them come to the shore, and they had fish. They had sushi. But don't miss this. Jesus found him to restore him. Jesus said, do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. But check this out. Before Peter ever delivered his first sermon or cast his first net for that matter, the great conductor God Almighty was directing an audacious fisherman so that he would one day catch people instead of perch. It was destiny. And the simple question I have for you as we wrap up, has you, have you ever considered that your great God who loves you so much has a date with destiny for you? And that that date with destiny always involves his church. And could you just see Wow, I didn't say this in the last celebration. It's not even in my notes. Could you just start to see that maybe God's plan, not maybe, I actually think it's reality. The question is whether we will receive it or not. That God's plan, his destiny for you and for me was to be a part of the people that grew his church out of the ashes of 2020 and 2021. That there was a remnant. Remember that Old Testament word, remnant. And God has you here for a reason. To link arms with me and the person beside you and the person in your group, the person that you serve with, to give your resources shoulder to shoulder to say we are going to be a part of growing God's church out of a very difficult time. It's called destiny. I say it like this in my notes. Check it out. God does extraordinary things through ordinary people who stand in the presence of God even through hard times and catch a vision for the future and then follow Jesus Christ with a radical sense of destiny. And so I want to invite you to go all in. You know how to do it. The website is there. Let's, let's get ready to go eat together. I once heard a description of heaven and hell. It's a great description. It's not, it's not biblical. It's just, just a description. That the author said that heaven and hell consisted of a long banquet table four feet wide. And in heaven, the saints gathered around the table and the table was full of plates of delicacies and delicious food, probably with some chicken and waffles and grits. Praise God. You Northern people, you like cream of wheat. You need Jesus. I'm just saying, but there's all kinds of food and drink and, and the saints were gathered around the table, this long four by four foot wide table. There was only one, one challenge in heaven. The utensils were three feet long, three feet long forks and spoons. And the saints 
discovered and figured out that the only way they could eat, because the only rule was you got to use the utensils, they discovered that the only way they could eat was they'd feed one another with the utensils. And then the author said, hell also was the same banquet table and the same utensils. And what made hell so hellish was that in hell, the people could not figure out that they had to feed one another. So instead, they just raged against the utensils and starved. I love that. I love that. Because we're going to walk out of here in just a moment. Don't go, don't go cutting. We're going to sing a song first. Don't, don't go, don't go, I'm going to give you specific instructions when we're done. So don't, don't go get your, your, your meal now. Please sing this last song. I know you people. We're going to walk out of these doors. We got a special gift for you. And then you're going to follow the red carpet around to the brunch. Let's go eat together. But let's be a church that feeds one another. Let's be a church that feeds one another encouragement. Let's be a church that, that challenges one another. Let's be a church that feeds one another accountability. Let's be a church that feeds one another love. Why? Because one matters. That means you matter. I matter. And it's time the church treats people like they matter to God and therefore they matter to us. Amen. If you receive it, let me hear you praise the Lord and celebrate.